call the meeting to order. Roll call, please. Councilmember Duran. Here. Councilmember McReynolds. Here. Councilmember Johnson. Looks like. Councilmember Johnson. Here. <laughs> Here. Councilmember Halter. Looks like Councilmember Halter is absent. Councilmember Campos. Here. Deputy Mayor Sanchez Palacios. Here. And Mayor Schrader. Here. Six members present, and we do have a quorum. Thank you. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Would you like to lead it? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Closed session report, Mr. City Attorney. Thank you, um, Mr. Mayor. I almost called you Madam Mayor, I apologize. Mr. Mayor, uh, we did have closed session on the items listed on the agenda and there was no reportable action. Thank you. City Manager Communications. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. If the City Clerk can pull up the PowerPoint slide, I'll, I'll begin. Uh, I first want to start off just uh, reminding the public of the holiday closure that's coming up. City Hall uh, will be closed the last week of December and we'll be back after the new year in 2023. I want to remind the public also that Monday, January 2nd is, is an observed holiday for the previous day, New Year's Day. We'll be back here on January 3rd. Uh, three key dates to keep in your calendar for the month of January. January 9th will be our first City Council meeting uh, for the new year. Uh, we'll be back there again on January 23rd, and then a City Council goal session on January 28th, and that is a Saturday. Once the location uh, is determined, we'll, we'll make that known to members of the public. We can go to the next slide. Uh, this is an exciting one that I, I want to highlight. The Council will recall back in October, we talked about this uh, instant permit or express permit that we were working on. We thought it was going to be kind of a three to four month runway before we would launch that. I'm happy to report that we are... Um, that we are actually completing the testing of that this very week. So uh, there's a few examples on the slide here about different types of permits that one could actually apply online, get a permit instantly online, um, and that'll be up and running in January. So this week we're completing testing for the instant permit. Local contractors are helping us test that in a soft launch, soft launch environment. We'll officially launch it on January 3rd when we come back from the break. We have educational workshops that are being planned for early 2023. And just an example of the kinds of things that you'd be able to get an instant permit for. Uh, we're talking electrical panel upgrades up to 400 amps, plumbing fixture replacement, uh, fixed air unit replacement, gas lines, roof replacement, sewer line, wall heaters, water heaters, and window replacements. So for someone who had their water heater break on them three Christmases ago, this is uh, certainly something I wish I could avail myself to back then. So. Um, we're really excited about that, but again, in the new year, we'll report back on how exactly it's working. Thank you. Uh, well, we'll usually have an agendized um, city council communications that's not on here, but I'd like to give everybody an opportunity to say anything on the city council. We're good to go. We can move on to the agenda. Tonight is a special meeting. We have one item on the agenda. Um, it is consideration to terminate billing of fees and refund property owners included in the fire hazard reduction program. 
Mr. Alikhan. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I'm gonna shortly hand this over to uh, Chief Ndaya, but before I do that, I, I first wanna thank the council, uh, for you and the council for convening uh, on a special meeting tonight. As the chief will spell out, we are asking the council to refund fees collected under the fire hazard reduction program. The reason for the special meeting, and I, I think this is important for the listening audience, um, every day the list of people who are paying the fee is, is increasing, every day that goes by. This was a timely item, so convening the council was uh, an item of interest. Because every day people are paying, that means the list of refunds we would potentially have to refund based on the council direction tonight is also growing. So thank you again for the, to the council for uh, taking up this item. With that, I'll hand it over to Chief Ndai. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Olicon. Mayor, Deputy Mayor, and Council, thank you. I'd like to also extend my thanks for you uh, convening the special meeting and coming in tonight in order to hear our presentation and staff recommendations regarding the fire department's fire hazard reduction program, specifically its billing program and staff recommendation to terminate and provide uh, refunds to those who have paid. Uh, with me at the staff table this evening, I have the city's fire marshal, Brett Reed, and also assistant city attorney, Chris De La Vega from the city attorney's office. Uh, we will be doing some presenting as a team and also will be available for questions and clarifications at the uh, conclusion of our very brief presentation. Um, with that, we will start. I will hand it over to Fire Marshal Brett Reed uh, to begin with a little bit of history uh, and some of the uh, communications that were uh, put out from the beginning uh, regarding the FHRP and the implementation of the billing program. And with that, I'll hand it over to Fire Marshal Reed. Thank you, Chief Indaya, Honorable Mayor Schrader, Deputy Mayor, and City Council. At uh, the start of this year's fire hazard reduction program season, I presented at all six community councils, as well as homeowners, associations, and shared the same program goals that you see on this slide here. I also worked with the communication teams to ensure the same information was available on our website and on uh, fire department city social media. Uh, at these meetings, uh, the goals of the program were presented and the billable fees were addressed and presented and discussed. One of the priorities that has been communicated from the state and CAL FIRE is the importance of the defensible space program, uh, vegetation management, and the importance of a home hardening program. The combination of vegetation management and construction methods are a proven formula to help protect life and safety from wildfire. Our fire hazard reduction program dates back over 20 years and a little more than 600 inspections were performed annually at the outset of the program. These were performed uh, only in the parcels that were on the perimeter of the very high fire severity zones and that were directly up against the wildland urban interface. Following the Thomas fire, it became clear that a more robust inspection program was needed and that was when Ventura Fire began working towards our current expanded inspection program. One of the goals on the screen is to inspect all 6,000 parcels in the high and very high fire severity zones. While the state of California only requires defensible space be maintained in the very high fire severity zones, Ventura has included the high fire severity zones for these requirements as well. Chief Ndaya will discuss in more detail about the history and the number of parcels uh, that we have been inspecting. Thank you, Brett. 
A little bit of uh, back history, as Brett just stated, uh, this does date back more than 20 years, uh, back to when I first, before when I f first joined the department uh, in 1996. Uh, this graph is only going to go back to 2017. I think we all know the significance of that year, and that was when we suffered the Thomas Fire, uh, devastating our community. Uh, that was a time when our program, as Brett stated, did include around 600 parcels that were on the very outer perimeter of the very high fire hazard uh, severity zones, uh, not to include any of the internal uh, parcels that were captured in the same very high and many of the high fire hazard severity parcels. Um, I apologize, it's very difficult to say high and very high over and over, but this will make a lot of sense as we walk through where we are and where we're going on the last part of this graph. Uh, immediately following the Thomas Fire, delineated by the red line on this graph, um, we heard from our community immediately in a post-Thomas environment, in a very unfortunate post-Thomas environment. People became acutely aware uh, of their neighborhoods, of their neighbors, and of their streets and surrounding parcels um, of the condition of those parcels, from overgrowth to dangerous conditions, um, things that they probably maybe didn't notice or didn't realize before the Thomas Fire blew through. Uh, in response to the hundreds of phone calls that the fire department received, um, I worked uh, back in 2018 with uh, then assistant city manager, who was acting city manager, Dan Peranick, on need, the need to expand and to begin to look at making our program a full program, um, mimicking many other departments that are going to capture the parcels that are within the specific zones that are identified by CAL FIRE, uh, by the state that is sent to each of the, each of the communities. I do want to delineate one somewhat detailed fact. Uh, the state makes maps for all areas. When I say areas, there's SRA, which is state responsibility area, and there's LRA, which is local responsibility area. And that'll come into play when I talk about where we're heading into 2023. When we looked at the maps back in 2018, 2019, we realized we had roughly 6,400 parcels that fell within the very high, high, and moderate zones. And at the time, again, in a post-Thomas environment, it was my goal to inspect all of those because we saw how fire spreads. So it's not just about the parcels that are within the danger zones, it's the fact that if we can limit fire spread in certain zones outside of the very high, we can limit spread throughout the city because we all saw what 80, we all saw what 80 mile an hour winds could do. Given that, we went up to 4,800 parcels in an attempt to get to 6,400 in 2019. And that's when we officially expanded our program uh, was in 2019. As we went into 2020 and 2021, we reached 6,400. That was the height of the program where we were encompassing very high, high, and moderate. In 2022, the reason that dropped to 6,000 was because we, be, we stopped the moderate and concentrated only on the very high and high zones. In the middle, we, do, we did announce that we intended uh, to recuperate the operating costs for the inspections through a billing announcement uh, and a robust social media outreach that uh, Brett spoke to uh, when he went to all of the community councils ahead of us implementing the billing. Uh, and then in, in May, it, well, it's with the season that began in May of 22, uh, things that went, uh, our communications went out in March. Uh, 2022 was when we implemented our first time billing uh, this round four for the FHRP. Uh, we received a, a, a tremendous response, I think, as we've seen um, about the bills. Uh, there were many public comments made. We heard them. Um, we, we needed to assess the program during that time, uh, and we've done so. Um, we've heard everything from, you know, the inspection billing 
uh, to going out to a third party biller. Uh, we went through a very lengthy and detailed process to get where we were. Uh, and I think this is the fire department working with city management uh, and, and city council to just take a look at where we are and how we got here and what we can do um, as city leadership and for the community to provide what I'm calling a vital service uh, and definitely will not back down from the need for the inspections. Uh, however, the billing program uh, is being looked at tonight. The 2023 numbers, uh, it shows a, a spike coming uh, with a question mark and I don't want to cause alarm. What that is, the state, as I referred to earlier, uh, just came out, CAL FIRE came out with their SRA maps for the state responsibility areas. Uh, and as anticipated by fire chiefs across the state, their zones in their SRA maps have expanded, meaning the very high fire hazard severity zones are larger, the high zones are larger, and the moderate zones are larger. They've moved out in scope. It is our anticipation that when they release the LRA maps, hopefully in the first quarter of 2023, we're gonna see a similar expansion. And what that means is there may be homes and parcels now that are in high, that could be in very high, or moderate that could be in high in each of the zones as it, as it expands. That's going to capture more of the parcels within our city in a very high fire hazard zone. Um, when I say there's a, there's a sense of pride on, for Brett and I is, I've, I feel that the state is catching up with us in protecting the city of Ventura. We've looked at these zones, we've looked at the risk and the hazard, and that is why we did elect, as Brett referred to, to go with the very high and the high. It's our belief that many of those high zones are gonna be in the very high. That's what mattered to us the most as your public safety officers, is protecting the community from not just fire, but fire spread. So where we go in the future really depends on how those state maps come out. But you have my commitment as your fire chief that we will be reassessing what zones we now need to do if the state catches up with what we wanted to do for this community, which was protect it to the best of our ability. If that very high fire hazard zone expands to a level of our comfort, we may come back to you and let you know that we feel comfortable with uh, not inspecting those that are in the high any longer simply because now the, everything is gonna be captured. It very much depends on what those maps show. So uh, with that, um, we will now present to you the recommendations before you tonight. Uh, these are the wording up here just for ease of sight uh, is exactly how they're written in your staff report uh, for the city clerk as well. Um, and I won't read them to you. They were in the staff report and also uh, they are before you right now. Uh, and before closing out, I'd like to again thank you for your time and I will hand it back over to our uh, acting city manager for any final comments on the recommendations or expansion on um, the, the thought behind them. And with that, Mr. Mayor, that concludes staff's recommendations. So um, as the recommendations are out here on the screen, uh, staff is happy to take any questions at this time. Thank you. City Council questions. Mr. McReynolds. Uh, first off, I want to thank the fire department and, and uh, for all of the you do to protect Ventura uh, on it. A uh, couple quick questions. What does the inspection encompass when somebody comes out and does the inspection? Uh, sure, thank you for that question. Um, there are, uh, I'd say, a, a number of items that 
that we would be looking for. Essentially, we look at two zones. Um, there is uh, the zero to 30 foot zone and 30 to 100 foot zone. We're looking at vegetation management within that. Within each of those zones, there's different requirements. Um, the, the first zone from zero to 30 feet, we'd be looking at items such as limbs um, are not up, permitted to be within 10 feet of a chimney. They have to be so many feet, vertical feet above a roof line. We're looking at uh, vegetation, leaves, twigs, items like that on the roof. We're looking at um, oh, the, the gutters along um, the sides of, of the roofs, making sure that those are clear. Uh, we're looking at the, the ground, making sure that there's no dead um, vegetation on the ground, that people are keeping that cleaned up. Uh, limbing trees uh, to make sure that there's separation between any ground fuels and the tree limbs so that it's not uh, gonna be a, a ladder fuel going from a ground fire into a tree, into the crown of the tree that could then spread from the crown of the tree. Um, as you move away from the structure and you get from the 30 to 100 foot zone, um, there's less emphasis on Obviously, you know, we're, we're not going to be looking at, at the structure exactly, but we're still going to be looking at uh, the ladder fuels, making sure that trees are limbed up, there's separation between any uh, vegetation underneath the trees, um, you know, maintaining the, the shrubs and vegetation underneath the trees, and separating out uh, any shrubs, items like that. Do you need the homeowners? Permission to do that? Uh, the, the way we have been conducting the inspections, no. We've been doing them from the public way, so um, we would just be doing them directly from the sidewalk. So our, our inspectors park in the, in the various neighborhoods, and they'll walk up and down uh, the sidewalks, stop in front of each house, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and take a look at the front of the property. So if we are invited um, by the homeowner to take a walk around the entire structure, we certainly would prefer that, but it's, it's not required for the inspection. Last question, uh, why are the zones expanding? Fire history, fire, um, you know, the, there's more science in, involved in what they're looking at now and um, fire behavior has clearly becoming much more extreme. And uh, it's been a long time uh, coming for the expansion of the maps. So the state of California by statute is required to update these maps every five years. And the last time they were updated was in 20, 2007. 2009-ish, and so they have not been able to keep up with their own requirements. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll add to that very quickly. An another main reason is the weather and the fuel. So the fuel load and the fuel models in California look drastically different than they did about 15 years ago between the drought, the growth, um, the death of certain vegetation, and how it burns and the way it burns, and then the way we're able to model. Now I say we as a fire service. 
um, the way it's able to model, the danger is definitely higher. And I think we've seen that where it used to be a fire season, and right now fire season is from January to December. Councilmember Campos. I'm not sure if you're the right person to answer this, but as we're coming up against our holiday shutdown, if we take action tonight, will the public be immediately notified, not necessarily reimbursed, but many people spend the holidays writing checks and making payments? Mr. Mayor, uh, Councilmember Campos, I'm gonna invite up uh, Heather Simagaisai, our public information officer, to fill that question. Good evening, Mayor and City Council members, and thank you, Council Member uh, Compost, for that question. As it relates to messaging, what our strategy is, is pending Council's direction this evening, we will send out notification this week to our impacted folks, specifically in a targeted area for those um, by means of stakeholders, by means of targeted by social media and a news release. Additionally, for this program, when we did the extended outreach with Fire Chief and Daya shared earlier. We will update the information that's also available on our website. We have a dedicated website that has also resources, links, and FAQs related to this program. So pending direction this evening, we'll also make sure that all that information is shared and updated this, this week. And then once we come back past uh, the holiday closure, we will work with staff and various departments to understand what will this look like and then how can we target and tailor that message to make sure people are aware of what's coming and then how they can prepare uh, by whatever action the council gives direction on this evening. Thank you. Councilmember Johnson. Thank you so much. Uh, and I appreciate all the work that went into this. As I recall, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe in the Thomas fire, we lost homes that were outside what, what is the, the very high fire severity zone, is that correct? That's correct, and I believe high and some moderate as well in the way the, the current maps are written. Thank you, and, and so I, I really appreciate that we took the lesson of that and we weren't waiting for the state to tell us to start taking this more seriously. Um, I just wanna make absolutely clear, if, if we were to go with staff's recommendation, would that impact the inspections that we're doing? Absolutely not. Uh, the intent tonight is not to impact our inspections or the uh, public safety or life safety of the FHRP. Uh, this is 100% about the billing program itself, not the inspections or the services that we've been providing. Thank you so much. Those are Thank my you. questions. Thank you, Mayor. Deputy Mayor Sanchez-Palacios followed by Council Member Halter. Thank you. That was one of my questions, actually, um, in regards to the current inspections. So glad to hear that they will continue. And just out of curiosity, I was just wondering how long, like what's the personnel that, that um, handles the inspections? How long does it take to inspect the 6,000 parcels, I believe? So just curious. Yeah. Deputy Mayor, thank you for that question. Um, it, it takes uh, a year, it really does. Um, we, we start our inspection program uh, in April, so we start with our messaging in March. We start getting our inspectors trained and ready for the program. We start uh, the inspections just about April, and uh, we, we still have in the ballpark of probably 40 follow-ups at this point. 
and we expect to have all, all of our inspections done coming into uh, our next cycle um, starting in March. And um, just to follow up on that, I'm assuming that some of those inspections require follow-ups. Correct. So not all inspections pass their first, uh, first time. So we may need to go out and do second, third inspections to verify compliance. Great. Thank you so much for the work and the report for today. Appreciate it. Councilmember Halter. Great. It's good to see everybody, even though I'm remote right now, starting my holiday early. So happy holidays. Uh, Chief and Diet, I want to first thank you and your staff for uh, getting us through and getting us back on our feet. Uh, we've learned a lot since the Thomas fire. Uh, but the question I have is, uh, it's one thing for us to be looking at hardening our houses and maintaining our shrubbery, our landscape. Um, but are we also looking at ways to create fire buffers, uh, maybe working with the land trust or other property owners work that's, uh, that own the open space to try to keep the fire from entering our built environment? Perhaps there's some grants out there that we could mutually work together on to bring in. Yes, we are. And I know you and I have spoken uh, on that before. Um, I think we're a little closer than probably the last time we talked. We're working very closely uh, with the Ventura County Fire Safe Council, who is now part of a Ventura County wildfire collaborative that just over the last 12 months has become uh, a real driving force across the county that's working with us, Ventura County Fire and Oxnard. Um, it was actually several um, nonprofits that had the same mission of community hardening, neighborhood hardening, and wildfire resilience. And we realized that there were good groups out there that were well-intended that were doing the same thing almost. Uh, we, they were very grant aggressive uh, and willing to help out the fire departments. They, had, they care about the communities throughout the county. Um, we've convened with them, Chief Gardner, Chief Hamilton from Oxnard Fire and I, uh, with Chief Garola from Fillmore, uh, have had several events. We will be having one in 2023 with the Wildfire Collaborative that looks at outside, that looks outside of our city jurisdiction. Because um, obviously the backyard you know, lot lines in our very high fire hazard zone become either state or county jurisdiction. Uh, and so okay, it's very sure. difficult for us to manage those lands because we don't have jurisdiction over them. But we would like that because it would protect the city, as we know the Thomas Fire came from somewhere else and crossed through our city. Uh, so that was a very long answer for yes, but I know we've spoken about it and I want you to know that we're making progress on that. Uh, and between Brett and the Fire Prevention Division, I think we're getting closer to finding those grant funds uh, from a capacity standpoint and being able to actually begin using some of them uh, as we look into 2023. Excellent. Thank you, Chief. Uh, the other question is, uh, we know that uh, certain neighborhoods um, burn because of exploding uh, transformers and utility poles. Uh, are we also having conversations with uh, Edison to either underground those utilities um, uh, and uh, start minimizing that risk as well? I will give you the fire department answer and then I will let anyone else who wants okay. to speak to that. <laughs> as far as the public utilities, um, we are not, as, as a fire service that I am aware of, working with Edison to underground that. Um, I agree with you, that would be great, but again, there's a whole list of things as a fire chief that I think would be great that are not necessarily realistic or achievable um, immediately. So. Um, I, I do know that both uh, PG&E up north and Edison uh, do have robust programs right now like the PSPS that we've seen. Um, but as far as undergrounding utilities and transformers and such, um, I will uh, defer to anyone else who may have a better answer on what their intentions are 
as I am unaware of anything that they are actively doing uh, to underground at this point. Uh, Mr. Mayor, Councilmember Halter, uh, to follow on to David's comment, uh, Edison has uh, a program, Rule 20A, Rule 20B, I think these are CPUC rules uh, is where the name comes from. Uh, both of these programs are intended to do exactly that, is to underground utilities. The, um, the challenge, of course, is that the, the funding available is uh, not enough to meet the demand, like most things in life. Uh, to underground utilities, as, as one might um, imagine, is, is very costly. Um, and the, the funds that are accumulated year after year, and we all pay towards this through our utility bills every month, um, we can, do, we can do projects, however, we have to be very judicious and selective about where we actually do that. And so the question then becomes from a, from a council standpoint is, do you focus on areas that are, uh, I'll say a visual blight? Do you focus on areas that are uh, prone to, to wildfire? Again, these are competing objectives, but certainly a, a conversation worth having at a future date. Exactly, great, thank you for that answer too. Now, you may have said this because I did have trouble getting off on this earlier. Um, the number of, of um, those 6,000 homes that were paying the $38 or $39, how many of those have actually paid so far? What percentage would you say? Did you hear that okay? Yes, Council Member Halter, okay. I was uh, trying to rack my memory here, and I, I about about 60% at this point is is okay. kind of our, our rough estimate. Okay, great. Well, thank you. That's all my questions right now. Thank you for that. If there's no other Council questions, I'll go to public comments. Thank Mr. you, Madam Mayor. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Excuse me. <laughs> Getting used to the new titles. Uh, we do have two public speakers this evening. Uh, my apologies. Our first speaker is going to be Trevor Gotsman. Trevor Gotsman is uh, going to be followed by Glenn Overly. Trevor, the floor is yours. Good evening, um, council, community members, fire chief, uh, fire captain, everybody. Thank you very, very much. This is very important. This is, we've got to prevent catastrophes from happening. They are always surprising us and uh, the resilience is important. I wanted to speak specifically on this because this is a wonderful way to incorporate those, those members of the community that have a time to volunteer to do some of the inspection and to also jump in because you know, this is a parks and rec things as well. It's the dog walkers, it's the people on the periphery, and and Chief and Dyer spoke about um, our neighboring and the you know the borderlines. And let us use and find a way. Build a volunteer coordinator. Get a couple of people like the you know maybe Mr. Overly and myself and a bunch of people who are regulars who who have the ability to commit some time and work with you to see how we can ease the load and help you know, develop the grants and uh, build the community and make us more resilient so that we're aware of what's going on and we can walk the streets. Um, we can sort of give us that opportunity to walk legally on places we now would trespass and pick up and show you what we see because we can be and we are your eyes and ears and we're all connected so let it use us in the proper way and 
you know, but it does take the commitment. It's not easy, but it gives us all something and somebody to report to and stand, be inspected and understand why. And, you know, it's the kids that are coming along. This is a perfect time to bring it in. They're the ones who are really eager beaver. They all want to ride in the fire truck and all want to be, yes, you know, the us boys in particular. We've got to take care of mama's at home and she's taking care of the economy and the household so that we can come home and have a good place to be. Not to say that the girls don't want to come on the fire truck because they sure do. But what I'm saying is use us. Think a way of ways to have a volunteer, like a Peace Corps, and, and maybe speak to the feds and use the Peace Corps funds to sort of rule the community and let us sort of start housing and building these community gardens and making this place resilient enough so that we're prepared and we can show how to prevent. And um, that's the right way, preventative maintenance. Thank you very, very much, guys. Mr. Overly, your turn. Good night. Our next speaker, Lee, is, uh, speaker is Glenn Overly. Glenn. You should be able to unmute yourself. Hey, Michael, can you hear me? We can, yes. Boy, I always hate to follow Trevor Gottsman. He is the kindest man I know. Council, good evening. At the end of the election meeting on the 12th, we were all told that the next meeting would be January 9th, 2023. So I think like a lot of residents, I kind of powered down. I really wasn't looking for any meetings before then. So I was kind of surprised to see this one when I was coming back from uh, visits with my grandchildren in Orange County. I'm not necessarily against what is before council tonight. In fact, I'm kind of for it. I think having citizens in our county or community pay for those type of inspections, uh, I, don't, I don't agree with it. So my issue is not related to that. My issue is really timing related. So I have a couple of questions first. What changed after the 12th that created a need for this special meeting tonight? Is this truly an emergency or just poor planning? Who made their request to bring this up before council this evening? Was it staff? Was it a specific council member? Was it the acting city manager? Who was that person? Question two, I understand the refunds to the ratepayers and it makes complete sense. Is there any additional charges to the city for discontinuing services with the third party that was collecting these fees? Any contractual agreement issues? And my last is just a question for the fire department. Are drones being used to identify potential hazards directly and then addressing individually homeowners based upon what the drone brings up? That's the end of my questions. Thanks, Michael. That concludes our public comment on item number one. Okay. Um, do I have other council comments or Mr. City Manager or Fire Chief Ndaya, would you like to respond? Uh, sure, I, I was trying to draw down the questions as Mr. Overly was uh, making this public comment. In, in terms of the, uh, the timeliness of this item, uh, as I said at the introduction uh, of the item, Mr. Mayor, um, not waiting till January 9th uh, was critical if we were going to actually move forward with the refund. Every day that goes by is more and more people who are making payments, meaning 
more and more people that we would need to issue a refund to if the council does uh, approve staff's recommendation. In terms of how this was initiated, um, uh, I spoke with uh, Chief Indaya about this program and, and some of the public comment that we were receiving as people were receiving their bill and, and felt that this uh, deserved another look by the city council. And so uh, in consultation with the fire chief, we felt that it was timely to bring this forward. Regarding the other two, uh, I may ask for help from my colleagues here. And uh, Chief Indaya, do you want to take one of their questions here? Yeah, I'll do my best to address the, uh, the contractual with our third party uh, billing, which was Fire Recovery USA. Fire department contracts with them to not only bill currently for FHRP, but they also are our billing party, our billing vendor for what's called an R1, R2. That's basically a multi-family dwellings, which is a state mandated inspection program. Um, our contract with Fire Recovery USA, when, when we say it will be impacted, it's only gonna be impacted in that the FHRP portion would be removed. Um, and uh, Chris, if he wants to chime in, we've, we've discussed that piece. Well, that's something that has to be worked out with them. But as far as I believe, I don't want to misspeak, but breaking or breaching a contract, we're amending what services they provide because they provide several for us and FHRP is only one piece of that. I don't really have much to add to that. That's a fairly succinct summary of the contractual situation. Uh, to the extent that there's billing, um, for the, the FHRP program that is done based on, it's per invoice, uh, so the sooner the, pro, the program is stopped, the sooner the billing, st the, their, their compensation for it ends as well. And then for the last question, we do not currently have a drone program uh, within the fire, Ventura Fire Department. Uh, they do exist, not just for wildland, but for, th uh, for fires in general and emergencies in general. I know Los Angeles City Fire, which is obviously far larger and a little more progressive and, and, and funded where they can try a lot of things like electric fire engines and things like that. Um, they, uh, they actually have a drone program that's a tethered drone that they'll launch from their battalion command vehicles. That'll give them an overhead shot of anything, a commercial fire, a car crash, lots of things. Um, we would love to delve into those technologies as we move into the next three to five years. Um, that's one of the commitments we have as part of our strategic plan is to embrace new technology and look for more efficiencies like that. Uh, so as, as your fire chief, I would love to look into that from a capacity and a capability issue. It does exist and it's something I'd be very interested in looking at. Um, so it's expanding, but we're not there yet. City Council comments. Councilmember Johnson. Thank you, Mayor. I, I just wanted to say I, I certainly appreciate Mr. Overly's concern about the timing of this. I initially had those same concerns, but after talking with staff and understanding how putting this off would end up costing the city more, you know, I'm, I'm certainly fine with it. And, um, you know, I have said many times that we should be having three meetings a month, and I will, I will be honest. Um, I had to change some things around to be here tonight, but uh, I certainly think that everything is good on that front. Thank you, Mayor. Deputy Mayor Sanchez Palacios. Yeah, just wanted to um, sort of address that issue as well. I mean, I think uh, several of us uh, heard from our community and directly from constituents who are not happy with this fee. Um, and I think, um, if anything, hopefully this um, will show that we are listening and that we are at least trying to address an issue that many of our constituents have been concerned about. Thank you. Other comments or a motion? 
Yeah. Um, uh, Mayor, Mayor Schroeder? Uh, yes, Councilmember Halter. Okay. <laughs> I was having a hard time finding the hand button here again. Um, hey, I just wanted to just say that uh, as uh, uh, Deputy Mayor uh, Sanchez Palacios just said, we have heard from a lot of our constituents, and this has been a concern of mine. I absolutely support uh, obviously inspections and doing all we can to make all of our space more defensible when the next time the wildfire wildfires occur. Uh, but I do believe the right thing to do is to stop this fee, refund the money, and um, figure out a way. I, I think we're just treading on uh, setting precedents that I'd rather not set, and that's how I've always felt about this fee. Uh, it has nothing to do with the service provided by the fire department. Um, so I would love to make a motion to uh, uh, accept staff, staff's recommendations and, um, and uh, eliminate this fee and uh, return uh, the proceeds back to, back to the property owners. I'll second. I have a motion and a second. <laughs> Any further discussion? Mr. McDonald, would you like to take a roll call vote, please? Okay, on the motion to accept the staff recommendation on item number one, Councilmember Duran? Yes. Councilmember McReynolds? Yes. Councilmember Johnson? Yes. Councilmember Halter? Yes. Councilmember Campos? Yes. Deputy Mayor Sanchez Palacios? Yes. And Mayor Schrader? Yes. Seven ayes, and the motion carries. Okay, public comments. Oh, I'm sorry, before we go on to public comments, um, to get a special meeting together this quickly, it required some great staff work and I just in the fire department uh, I think it's Avery Brunk, Cheryl Simmon and Brett Reed thank you for all the work that you did Emily Graves and the communications team city attorney Christy La Vega and by the way your brevity is greatly appreciated <laughs> uh, Mr. Hogan thank you very much and in, in finance Greg Morley thank you for all the staff for all the work, and I'm sure there might have been even more in the fire department, so thank you very much. Now, um, any public comments? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. We do have one public speaker, Glenn Overly. Glenn, we're moving you over now, and you should be able to unmute yourself. Hey, Michael. We can hear you. Perfect. Uh, council, first off, I want to say uh, again, congratulations for your election to your uh, new council positions. Uh, secondarily, I can agree with the mayor somewhat for all the people who get together in such short notice. Uh, I completely understand and appreciate your time, especially Mr. Hall for traveling. Uh, secondarily, for Chief Andaya, uh, I once in a while show up over at Olivas Golf Course and there is a drone, I assume it's counties. Is there any chance we could beg them to get some of those old drones that they may have and get some of uh, your staff cross-trained and maybe use those for inspections? Or if you take up some type of request for citizen money towards a drone specifically for fire, I would obviously be happy to contribute to that. Again, appreciate council showing up on such short notice. I agree that uh, more meetings should be held monthly in order to avoid having such long agendas and being so late at night. I'm getting older and it's hard for me to uh, 
stay up so late and pay attention, but I do want to pay attention as a citizen. Appreciate your time. Thanks to all. Happy holidays. Mr. City Clerk, any other public speakers? That concludes our public comment. Uh, happy holidays to everybody and the meeting is adjourned. <laughs>